The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial for the first time brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're here with two very special guests. We had to get a two for one for the first episode. The first guest is front of the show. The man with maybe the best style in all of baseball. A guy that's borderline going to be a Canadian citizen. We'll see. Jordan Comedina. How are you, Jordan? Great. Happy to be here. Excited to be back. Pumped for you. Uh, taking the next step. Big yes, time sir. with sponsorships and everything. Yeah. Super big time. So, yeah, excited to get this going. Happy We're growing, here. man. And the next yeah. guest is a guy that's been absolutely putting hitters in his back pocket. This guy has been absolutely carving as the most electric walk-up song, walk-out song, sorry, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's a closer now, by the way. Is that good? You tell me. It's my pleasure to welcome. David Bednar to the officially unofficial podcast. What a pleasure. How are you, brother? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <clears throat> so, and I wanted to go into that for a second, Jordan, because obviously it's just crazy to think about the last time we had you on, I was in a studio. I was maybe, I don't know if I was wearing jorts. I might've not brought the jorts out, but it's absolutely insane how far life's come. You got engaged, you got married. Congratulations on that, by the way. And this is my dumb brain just trying to circulate a question here. Does this make you a Canadian citizen now or what's the deal with that? <laughs> I am not uh, quite a Canadian citizen yet. We are, uh, and Kelsey's not quite a U.S. citizen yet. We're working on that. The, the wheels are in motion. Um it would be amazing to get somehow get dual citizenship going both ways for both of us. That would be uh, ideal. So we're, we're working through the permanent residency stuff right now for her. Um, and then hopefully by, I don't know, Christmas time or the new year ish, uh, we're able to get back up to Toronto and get the rest of her stuff that's up there. Um, I'll send it. So. Tell yeah. me, the, well, tell me the work. I'll send it for you, man. I'll, I won't yeah. even charge you. I'll just straight, I'll soak the shipping <laughs> and handling. I'll send it. I got you, man. So we'll figure that out. But yeah, anyways, David, David, I got to bring this up because obviously people listening to this show, big baseball fans know your brother was the MVP of the college world series, but this isn't a question about your brother. How much credit do you take for his success? Like, are you that guy that's bringing it up saying without me, this guy's not doing that. Like, are you taking credit for that or what? No, man. Uh, everything he's done, he's worked so hard for it. It's been, it's been so impressive to watch. I've been by far his number one fanboy. I, I think I'd say. Really? So you're just, so you're not even taking any credit. Like maybe you gave him a couple tips when you were kids that he's using now. <clears throat> None of that stuff. Um, maybe some mental toughness, maybe some bullying whenever he was younger, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, um, I'll take some credit for that, but, uh, he's, he's worked really hard for, uh, everything he's got right now. I mean, the guy just has it all, and I'll say it right now. I mean, it's electric, above, above average looking dude, nasty at the game of baseball, first rounder, a little bit of chunk of chunk of change in his wallet now. So it's some it's people just have it all, man. Right? You know, some people just have it all. <laughs> yeah, uh, he'll be fine in Starkville for uh, the rest of his life. So <laughs> yeah. I, he won't even have to pay for a dinner ever again. But that's besides the fact. I got to ask you this because I'm a big Jordan Comedina guy, an absolute legend. Who is of it? Oh, yeah, exactly. What was your first impression of him? Because obviously you weren't drafted by the Pirates. You came over in the Joe Musgrove trade front of the show. So 
what was your first impression of this man looking all drippy, looking like a young Bruno Mars showing up to the field? What did you think when you saw Jordan? Honestly, first off, I was just uh, pumped up in the pen. Somebody else talk, uh, you know, old school uh, Pittsburgh sports, old, old Pirates, old Steelers. Uh, and then I see him come to the field one day, just absolutely swagged out to the max. And I thought it was just, all right, maybe it was a one day thing. And then each day just kind of got swaggier and swaggier. And now I'm getting this in-season drip and it's just it's every insane. now and again, I'll, I'll bounce some, bounce some ideas off him. But I mean, it's, it's, it's some next level swag for sure. I'm just happy. My girlfriend doesn't follow him on Instagram. Like that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, the guy is just dripped out. He's yoked. Good look. I mean, just some people oh, yeah. just have it all, Jordan. You just hate to see it. But Jordan, <laughs> what about this guy? Because he comes over in that Musgrove trade. Obviously, Musgrove plays a close part in mine and yours heart. He comes yep. over in that trade, and he's just throwing 99. He's throwing absolute balls falling off tables. What was your first impression of this legend? <clears throat> well, yeah, same thing. Pumped that he's the local Pittsburgh guy. Big time Pittsburgh sports fan, obviously being from there, from a uh, Mars kid. So having that connection immediately to be able to talk old school, you know, Pittsburgh sports or current uh, events on the Steelers roster uh, construction, et cetera, uh, is always a good time in a bullpen. And yeah, I mean, it was just uh, a tremendous addition to our bullpen. And, and if you ever get a chance to come and watch him warm up in the bullpen, it is one of the most amazing things you'll ever see how he'll be, you know, he loosens up, he moves around, he gets himself, he does all his bands and he's, you know, he's limbered up, ready to go, but he hasn't thrown for like three or four hours since, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. And now it's 10 o'clock at night. So he, he rolls out with one of these green uh, 32 ounce tap balls and just smashes it against the wall <laughs> three times. Like it, like he's, I'm, convinced one of these days before the end of the year either the ball is going to explode or he's going to go the ball is going to go through the wall one of the two something's got to give because they're not going to hold up not neither and then he gets on the mound and it's like maybe 60 percent tossing him in there you know heaters just hitting his spots nice and easy and then he'll let that last one eat a little bit boom darts it in there all right off he goes into the game and then it's just 96 to 99 with, <laughs> at, with an absolute you know devastating split and a hammer curveball and it's like dude you know it's unbelievable he just saves his bullets his arms got to feel amazing every day because he never wastes <laughs> anything in the pen and he just goes in and it's just absolute doors coming right at you so it's, it's, it's pretty cool and like I said, obviously, I, I obviously knew who I knew who David is here. And I, I watched a couple of Pirates games, obviously you're friends with Brault. And I was watching when he was pitching and stuff. And it's just insane. The, like most people are like high energy on the bump, all that kind of stuff. He just looks like a casual dude that just throws 99 and just throws balls. It's just insane to me. So, David, when did you kind of know, like, I am a dog or just I'm good at the game of baseball compared to like my peers? Like, when did you know that? Still trying to figure it out, man. <laughs> Still trying to get to that point. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I was just kind of trying to take it one day at a time and, uh, you know, just go out there and throw strikes. So you, you like you didn't have an idea. Like, let's say you were like 12 years old throwing 86 and you're looking at these kids like maybe <laughs> I'm a little bit better than like the kid beside me. Like, you never had a realization you were not in the game of baseball. Or you're, just, you're just the humble dude. Uh, honestly, I, I, I was kind of a late, uh, late bloomer with that. I, I never really threw – I was never the guy that like, you know, lit up the radar gun as a kid. I'm, like I'm kind of the opposite of my brother. My brother kind of started early and was blowing doors from high school on. Um, I didn't start throwing hard till probably late college. And then even like my second or third year in the pro ball, um, like hard, hard. And then now kind of hopefully just kind of keep on building on it. And let's talk about that walkout song. And maybe Jordan can like back me up on this. If you don't want to run through a brick wall after hearing this song, there is something <laughs> mentally wrong with you because what made you pick this song and how fired up does it get you, Jordan, when you hear that, when you're warming him up in the pen, when he's coming out, how fired up does that get you? Yeah. I mean, I'll let him talk about it, but it, it, it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect <laughs> Pittsburgh connection. I mean, yeah. anybody who has any sense of, uh, you know, Pittsburgh fandom uh, has a deep connection with the song Renegade. So Hearing that at Heinz Field, 
you know, just gives, and I know he would attest this, would give you chills. Like we talk about it in the bullpen at every, you know, renegade, when you might need a double renegade tonight, maybe a <laughs> Palomalu pick six off Flacco, take it to the house, <laughs> you know, just let them know that we need it. We need a big stop yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's elite. It's tremendous. And I didn't know he was going to use that. And then we were in Pittsburgh for the first time he goes in the game and he, that song comes on and I'm like, okay, like, of course <laughs> that's, that couldn't be any more perfect. That's unbelievable. It's electric. It's electric. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a no brainer decision. Um, <laughs> I've never really had like a walkout that I've been fully convicted with. And, uh, you know, as soon as I got traded, I was like, you know what? This is like there's there's no better no better song and no better uh, no better time for this and uh, you know it definitely gets people going but yeah like like you said it's it, it's just like every time I hear it just gives me chills and think like just makes me think of like James Harrison making a big sack in the third quarter whenever you need to need a big stop and uh, <laughs> so for, maybe not for the baseball reasons it gets me pumped up but uh, for Steelers football it gets me fired up so <laughs> sure, I respect it and let's go into football things you're both Steelers guys I'm a Bills guy because I'm live close to Buffalo but that's sides of fact what are your thought process? I mean, and is Big Ben the guy still? I mean, I, I don't know if he still is. I, it's borderline for me. Do you think Big Ben is still that guy, or are you going to put your trust in Dwayne Haskins? Oh yeah, Big Ben's still the guy for sure. And uh, I, I won't tolerate any Big Ben slander. In the I will never either. slander. Him. <laughs> yeah, no. There's, there's, there's been some questions that have come up, and I, I've been quick to squash those. I still, I still <laughs> think he's got. <laughs> He's, he's still got it, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty I'm confident in that. <laughs> Should be a fun year to watch of uh, Lurs play. Yeah, I agree. We, and we've had this discussion multiple times in the bullpen, and any Big Ben, uh, you know, bashing is not tolerated and shut down immediately. <laughs> you know, he, he's second year post-op from the elbow. He couldn't have any more offensive weapons around him. You know, it, it's it's all set up. The team's built to win. I think everybody knows that. It's just a lot going to depend on how he plays. And I think it's all there for him to have a successful year. The defense is going to be good. The offensive line is going to be better. Najee Harris is an absolute monster. Freak. A freak. And they have every offensive weapon you could ask for, like receivers and tight ends. And, I mean, just, like, let's go. So, I, I don't think there's any reason um, – that he can't, you know, recapture some level of, you know, uh, top end quarterback play and let's go. Well, you know, he doesn't have to do everything. That's the thing. He doesn't have to make, do everything all the time now. Like it's a good team. So he's just got to be another piece to that. And, and, and I got to get your guys thought process on this as well. What was your thought process on the TikTok King Juju Smith-Schuster the whole season? I mean, were you guys fans of that, or were you guys like, this man has to stop? Like, this guy's cursing. <laughs> what, what was your thought process on that? They're winning ball games. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good answer, yeah. man. Yeah. But I think you also have to have some feel. Yes. And I think, I think Juju at times lacks some feel, or he's almost like so <laughs> – like just so in your face and so overtly like doesn't care that yeah. it rubs people the wrong way. I so can I respect know. that. Like, no, I, yeah, yeah, I just, I was on the fence with it. Want, but you start, uh, you start dropping a few in a row and you get bounced in the first round by Cleveland. That was tough. Greatest look. That yeah. was tough. That was, that <laughs> was, I, I'm not a, like, I don't know if I'm a big Baker Mayfield guy. That was tough to watch, especially Baker just doing all the taunting and shit, but that's besides the fact we'll go into the, I want to, I wanted to it ask hurts. you, but still hurts. Yeah, yeah, still it does. I, I mean, I, I'm not, we're not going to talk about it. Cause it'll break your guys. hearts. We're going, we're on to next season. We're on to next season. That for you guys, but I got to go into that. Sad. I got to go into that Padres trade. I mean, obviously being a guy that's from Pittsburgh, when, where were you, when you found out you're going back home, and you're pitching for that hometown faithful, man, because that's just electric shit right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't beat it. I was actually in Pittsburgh, uh, and I kind of saw it on Twitter, and uh, I, I saw Musgrove to the Pir or to the Padres, and I was like, hmm, they didn't, like, list the return yet. I was like, oh, maybe there's a chance. Um, and the next thing you know, my name's in there, and then I'm, I was just kind of waiting on a phone call, um, <laughs> and I – like waiting for it to be like official official before like I got just uh really fired up and then um it finally came like the next day around noon or so um so I, I could kind of like have a deep breath and just be fired up to uh be playing at PNC and uh for the Pirates 
It's crazy, man. And I don't know how I feel about players finding out about tra- or fans finding out about trades with like compared to players. It's just crazy. Like, what what do you think about that, Jordan? Like, how dumb is it that these insiders are so locked in that they love ruining shit for even players? Like, you see stuff. I don't know if you guys follow hockey that much, but the Seattle Kraken had that expansion draft, and this clown Frank Frank Saravelli is tweeting out all their picks in the expansion draft, and the draft's not even for another six hours. Just ruins the kind of fun of it. So yeah. what is your guys' thought process on just, like, finding out about trades through social media, not even the team even addressing you with it? Yeah, it, it's tough. It's such a, you know, the, the social media age, especially with reporters and news, and it's not just sports. It's, it's being first is more important than being right some, at times, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you just get it out there first and you know, put my flag in the ground first and hopefully it sticks. Hopefully I'm right. And then, if it's not, then ah, we'll just you know, figure it out later, retract it or whatever. And it's like, you know, uh, you see that in all forms of media, not just sports. And so, um, yeah, from a sports standpoint, it's like these reporters or beat writers or whoever's out there leaking this stuff uh, doesn't take into account. Like these guys are they're human beings. And a lot of times they have families associated with this. And there's a lot of things that go into and that was an off-season deal, which was a little different. But, like, in-season trades, and they're leaking, this guy's going here and there. And it's like, there's families involved here. And, like, ma- this is a massive undertaking. Like, being traded from one side of the country to the other, potentially. And, you know, it's like, just let things play out as they're going to play out. Things will get done. If they're going to get done, they can get done. There's there's one thing to speculate, hey, this is a potential package that might be coming back for this player or whatever. But to flatly state x y and z are going for player a and like this is, and then it's just like well that's just not right like that's not accurate or whatever it might be it's like come on man it like let's insane. at least give the players the respect to find out before stuff's all over social media and they're getting their phone blown up by hey is this happening or you know <laughs> brutal it is crazy and, and and we're like what what's your guys thought process on that adam frazier deal because obviously that guy was raking for you guys just a guy just honestly looks like such a great teammate just a great human being to be on like to, to be around what was like your thought process on that trade because that guy could have been a huge piece for you guys in the future i don't know if he was signed there long term but what, I mean, what did you guys think of that trade? And like, how did you find out? We, <laughs> yeah, you can answer. That's the uh, thing when you're doing this Zoom interview. You just don't know. But it's all good. That's for you, Dave. You can answer that. Um, honestly, he was a great teammate, great guy to have around the clubhouse. And also, um, Mississippi State Bulldog. So it was uh, a lot of fun watching the World Series with him. So I got to know him pretty well. Um, yeah, obviously, it's just kind of just kind of part of it. It's kind of part of the business. And he was having an unbelievable year. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> he will have a good opportunity to uh, play some postseason baseball in San Diego. So I, I wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, what about you, Jordan? Yeah, it's, you, it's, you it's just part of it. Well. Jordan knew him pretty well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, he's been, you know, I've been with him here for the last few years. And, you know, yeah, like you said, it's it's part of it. And we're aware of um you know how the business side of the game works sometimes and it's hard you know it's and it's part of it you um you wish him the best and um you know you just continue to have faith that um it's just part of this process that we're working through and you know uh the players that will get back in return for him um are viewed as something that's going to be of value to us in the very near future and we're, you know, along with all of the trades that we made, I mean, that's just kind of how we did. We, we moved one person to get multiple people back in a, in a number of different situations. And those players are going to be uh, part of the next wave of, of guys that are going to be here to help us win games, you know? No, I mean, so yeah. um, you just got to view it through that lens. And, and as hard as it is on a personal level to see a friend and a, and a good teammate and a guy who's obviously a very talented player walk out the door, you got to understand the bigger, you know, bigger side of things there and you wish him well and uh, go on with it. And yeah, for this question, I'll start off with you, Jordan. So I made a big stink of this shit when it was happening. It was kind of like the cool thing to do on Twitter. The umpire is doing the sticky check. And I went to a Jays game like last week and you don't even really notice it. Do you think the internet kind of overreacted with the umpires checking like the hats and the like the gloves and all that kind of stuff? Because it was cool to react to it and make jokes and all that kind of stuff. But when you're at the game, you don't even really notice it. You're just walking back to the dugout, right? Yeah, you know, and I think there were uh, a few pitchers around the league that made a little bit more of a spectacle of that whole situation than it really is. 
you know, these umpires are put in a very difficult situation with all this mandate. This wasn't their idea. You know, they're just kind of the, the people that are put in the middle of this. And I think a lot of them to a man would tell you, look, we don't want to be doing this stuff. We, you know, please don't put us in a situation where we're forced to do something or, you know, throw you out because you're just brazenly, you know, flaunting the rules here and just continuing, like, just as long as you're trying and as long as you're making the effort to reduce this stuff and eliminate, you know, eliminate it, but to not just be all over yourself or all over your glove or something where I have to make a move on this, like, we're going to be good. We don't want to do this either. You know, is the kind of sense that I get from them and from hearing what other pitchers have said or, or, talking to the catchers you know what what they kind of the sense on it and I I feel like lately and I don't know David you could speak to this like we were asking about this in the bullpen I feel like they've they're still checking but they're not checking all the time like I feel like we've had some innings come and go out of the bullpen where guys have just walked off the mound to the dugout and that's been their inning and they haven't checked you know and and it's fine like and then like the next inning they'll check that guy or whatever it might be so maybe it's becoming more randomized or um, I don't know. Cause I think largely it has been eradicated. I mean, we're not, we're not doing anything. I, I think a lot of teams have really been coming through Pittsburgh and just talking to guys like it's, it's really, if the, if the goal was to eradicate it from the league, that has worked. And I don't think guys are trying to sneak around it or, or cheat the system in any way. It's just, it is what it is now um, because guys don't want to be out for the, the, time that they'd be out and to cost their yeah. team a, a roster spot and all that, that would go into it um you know so it is what it is but i, I think the umpires have um done a, a, a you know fine job in in handling that as best they can yeah dave what, what like what do you think about it? like are you getting checked a lot obviously because your shit is disgusting or what's the deal with that <laughs> yeah i mean it's it i really i thought it was going to be a bigger thing than it was but really just hand your hat and glove and then two <laughs> seconds it's like the, the only time it really stinks if you you know give up a run you're not really too happy about how you did it's like you're just kind of pissed off walking the dugout and uh he goes like hey we gotta check you i'm like god damn like just come on <laughs> yeah dude it's the one but, i saw i saw it a couple weeks ago taylor saucedo pitcher for the jays gave up four runs that even get an out and the umpire checked them it's like what yeah. are we doing <laughs> what are we doing here yeah. man that's brutal it just I think umpires have the like they don't have to like you said they don't have to check guys every single inning it's just the umpire being kind of a, like a, a dickhead just saying I'm gonna check this dude after giving up four runs and with literally zero out so it's just it's a, it's a tough look and obviously the internet took it a storm and just overreacted with it saying it delays the game but it doesn't actually delay the game right you're just doing it when you're walking back to the dugout yeah no it really it literally takes like three seconds <laughs> <laughs> they, they do a good job of it too they don't I think they want to do it just as much as we want to get checked. So it's not a, it's not a big deal at all. And I got to go into another guy on the team that's absolutely raking is Brian Reynolds. I mean, seeing what this guy's been doing this year, it's like, is, is he MVP. just, is what MV, MV Brian Reynolds? I mean, we'll start it. I'll start it right now. MVB, hey. MVB, but dude, it's just <laughs> what this guy's doing right now. Do you see him in the cage or do you see him just in the clubhouse? Just like this guy is fucking dialed right now. Like you can't even just talk to this dude the whole year he's just been on a whole nother whole nother level whether it's you know hitting absolute bombs or just making diving plays i mean he saved my ass a few times um <laughs> he he's just out there just making unbelievable plays he's got a hose he just threw out somebody just two days ago making diving plays it's he it's unbelievable it's like every every single day it's like man i wonder what this guy's gonna do today Jordan, you obviously got to saw the come up of him, right, Jordan? I mean, you've seen him yeah. when he when he started in the league and stuff like that. What do you just notice him being a little bit more comfortable in like in a big league clubhouse or on the field now and stuff? Like, what do you notice from him? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, you know in nineteen when he came up, he just really took you know the season by storm. I, I don't think at the time when he was called up that he was in the plans to stay up the whole year, he just really forced the hand of the organization to you, We can't send this guy down. I mean, he, he just absolutely raked and he was a, a rookie of the year finalist. And um, you know, and then last year was just a weird year for everybody. And, and um, it is what it is. And, and this year he's uh, reverted back to who he is and what he is as a player. And, and he is incredibly talented. I mean, he's um, an excellent center fielder. He, hits for average and power from both sides of the plate and you know he's just a 
he's a fiery guy. He kind of keeps to himself a little bit, and, um, but is intense and expects a lot of himself. And, um, you know, it, he's a pleasure to watch. I mean, he is really, really good. And, uh, you know, hopefully a guy that, that is in Pittsburgh for a long time that we can really build around and, and um, you know, cause he is a franchise type player who can really do a lot of things every single night to help you win. Um, you know, and the more guys that we have like that, um, you know, the, obviously the better off we're going to be. So, and David, I got to ask you this because I've been, I'm thinking about starting a campaign to somehow, some way get Jordan, a big league AB. What the hell do I have? Like, what do we have to do to get this man an AB? Is, is Jordan taking BP? Like you could be honest here. Like, and maybe Jordan can answer this too. Do you think you have a potential shot to get a hit if you got put in the spot in a big league game or even like get a bunt down? Like, what, what do you think? Like, Dave, do you think this guy could compete in a big league box? Oh yeah. Why not? I look at him. He's jacked. And he come up the box yeah. look, looking like he'd take you 450 dead center. <laughs> that's, that's half of it, right? Yeah. Jordan, I mean, what do we have to do here? Like put in a word hey. to the skip. Yeah, well, you know what? This is a this is a funny story. A couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, the end of the year, uh, like literally the last game of the year, we had um, all of our catchers outside of like so Stallings was the only healthy catcher we had left on the roster. We had two other guys that were called up in September. One uh, tore up his meniscus or something was out. And the other guy, they tried to pick off at second and hit him in the face, broke his jaw. Jesus. Okay, so we have one catcher left for the last few games. It's the end of the year. The minor league season's been done for weeks. We're just riding it out with Stallings. So the night before the last game of the year, he gets hit on the wrist or the hand or something in like the eighth inning. Finishes the game, and they're like waiting to see how he's going to wake up the next morning you know, whether or not he's going to be able to play. And Trevor Williams was scheduled to pitch the last game of the year. And I came to find this out after the fact, but he told me that if stall, and he was dead serious. He said, if he told Neil Huntington, who was the GM at the time, that if Stallings couldn't play, that he didn't care what they had to do, but they were going to activate me to catch him. Because he's like, I'm not. I'm not pitching to like an emergency, like infielder trying to catch me for nine innings, like as a start, you know, like if it's in game and crazy stuff happens and you got to do like your emergency, emergency catcher, that's one thing, but to start the game like that, like we're not, I'm not doing that. Like I'm going to, wow. I'm going to take this start seriously. It's the last game of the year. Jordan can catch me. Like, let's go. You just do whatever you got to do. It's the last game of the year. That's so I found this out after and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, like, so <laughs> Um, and for the hitting stuff, we had a kid with us. He's an, an analyst with us, but he pitched in the big leagues for uh, the A's, pitched professionally with a bunch of organizations for a long time. Jeremy Bleich, he's a left-handed relief pitcher, and he pitched for Team Israel in the Olympics. So, like, for the whole season, I was help, like catching his sides and getting him ready to go to the Olympics. But when we were in St. Louis, like, a month and a half ago or two months ago, um, they let me hit off of him and I got a couple of bats and he's like a low slot three quarter running two seamers and he has a nasty slider and his sinkers like he's throwing them middle and they're just running away and I'm like dude that ball feels like it's in the other batter's box like I haven't seen a live pitch in like I don't know 10 years eight years <laughs> you know and I'm like, man, at least I, I need some batting practice. There's like some flips in the cage or something. Like you're just throwing me up there in the box against the guy who's going to the Olympics. And I got one swing off and I fouled it off to the right. Kind of like a good swing. Like that was it. I wasn't close to touching anything Call else. Day. Call it <laughs> a day. day. Yeah. David, what are you lifetime? <laughs> Have you got a couple ABs? I didn't even research it. I actually got my first AB about a week ago. How'd yeah. it go? <laughs> How'd it go? Punched out. But I think I took it to maybe. <laughs> I think three two worked into like a one two maybe one two or two two maybe I got a ball yeah but, you know so you're Look, seeing the ball well you were seeing the ball yeah well. I mean you I, were, I fouled I fouled one off so that's got it's got to count for something right so so statistically you're due I mean at the end of the day like <laughs> that next day B you're due for a hit I mean that's what, that's what stats say but Jordan when do you know that this guy when when do you know that David's dialed in the bullpen like is there have you caught a couple bullpens from him where you're like this guy's gonna go 
three up, three down, or just immaculate inning as he almost got, I believe, last week. But is there a certain mode you see him in and you're like, this guy is not going to get – no one's touching this shit? Yeah, I mean, he, um, he's he's very consistent with his in-game prep, you know, and he gets his, uh, he gets his med ball slams against the wall. He gets his uh, – you know, once he, once he fires up the, the green ball – into the wall like he does the med ball chest tosses and slams and that's a little earlier in the crossfit day workout he's doing a crossfit but once he's once he throws that green ball off the wall the three times it's like a caged animal getting ready to be released like i'll be in the bathroom sometimes and you, like you'll hear the wall and you'll like jump it's like boom boom like good boy you think the thing's gonna come through the wall you know and then it's it's go time he's got his gum he's got his mint gum Blue, blue mint gum, pop the gum in, slam the ball three wow. times. It's, it's ready to roll. That's incredible. Know. The best way to learn a language, immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. That's, I mean, that's, that fires me up. But no, it's just like, and and I got, and all obviously this year fans are back in the building. What have been your guys' impressions of the fans? Because I know Jordan goes at it with the foul ball guys, the guys that I hate, (laughs) the guys that are, the guys that are trying to get foul balls. I mean, how have they been? I mean, are they ramping it up a bit? Like, are they coming at you a little bit better, or what's the deal here? (laughs) The ball people are on another level. (laughs) They had a year off, and so they got to make up for lost time. And, and it is, it is unbelievable. I mean, the, we, we hear, can I have a ball? I mean, I would loosely guess a thousand times a day, minimum. And, and it, it like, and that's not exaggerating from the, from the time I step out of the dugout to walk to the bullpen to the end of the game, a thousand is a very fair estimate. I mean, really? it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, and, and Dwayne Underwood, who the mayor, the mayor, Trademark. he, he is on another level with giving balls away. Like he, he, <laughs> and, and I get on him. Cause I'm like, dude, we're not running a soup kitchen down here. Like <laughs> you, you got kids coming over here and he's just tossing them away left and right. And then next thing you know, it's just a crowd. It's, it's just mass chaos and, and <laughs> ball ball. And then he goes in the game and then we're left just taking shrapnel in, in the, in the bunker down there, like just getting hammered. Hey, where's Dwayne? Where's Underwood? Is he coming back? I'm like, no, man, he's gone. Oh, he told me to come back oh in the seventh. I'm going to get a ball. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, gosh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. They're everywhere. Every, and everywhere you go, it's, it's really pretty amazing. Like a kind of like a social phenomenon. Like you go from LA to New York and these kids are, it's the same kids, the same consistent, like verbiage, how they talk to you, what they're, it really it's amazing like it's like a ball hoarding culture that they're just all on the same page from from the west coast to the east coast and everywhere in between and and they use the same terminology the same verbiage it's it's crazy are you are you a ball guy uh, is david a ball guy are you you handing balls to the crowd or you just you're kind of low-key with it uh i'll be low-key but you know uh Anytime I see someone from like a, they got a Mars fighting planets hat on or something like that, or someone from my high school or travel organization, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to toss one up, but, uh, okay. no, it's that, just, I, I leave it to, uh, mayor Dwayne. Yeah. It's actually crazy. And what a nickname, by the way, the fact that that's the dude's nickname, cause he should, <laughs> he should run. I mean, he should run for Congress there. I mean, he's yeah, just handing balls to all the kids. That's yeah. incredible. So, I mean, I need to somehow get like a statistic at the field about, 
how many balls you guys have lost this year. Like just balls, just absolutely gone. I mean, the, 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 the tab would be insane. I mean, you yeah. guys are just paying an unhealthy yeah. amount, but yeah. And, and David being the hometown guy, I mean, do you even make money at the games? Or are you just giving out tickets to people from your high school now? Or what's the deal <laughs> with that, man? I'm good. Giving out a fair amount of tickets, family, friends, everything like that. It just, <laughs> but I, it's, it's been fun though. Luplo said, said the funny, a funny joke to me when he played in California, he played in LA and he said, listen, man, like I'm pretty much playing for free. Like I, like I'm paying for all these tickets. I'm giving out like 60 tickets. Like it just, it's insane to me that like, obviously Musgrove deals with it playing in San Diego, you being a hometown guy. I mean, you must have kids message you. I was in your grade two art class and can I get a free <laughs> ticket, man? It's just, it's cr- I mean, have people come out of the woodwork since you started with the pirates or what? Uh, a little bit, some of the, some of the old friends are like that, but I mean, nothing, uh, th- fortunately nothing super crazy. No, uh, I haven't had any like, uh, you know, second grade teachers, cousins, <laughs> friends or anything like that. So I was just wondering, man, because it's cr- like, I, I, you see these fan groups like that go to Musgrove's uh, starts and all that kind of stuff. It's like, is this dude even making mo- like this dude can't be making money on that start day. It's just insane how much tickets you have to give out to all that kind of stuff. And let's speak about Musgrove for a second, Jordan. I mean, this guy comes on the pod, and now he's just like a top 10 pitcher in the game of baseball. Is that good? I mean, the fish unofficial bump. Seeing what this guy's doing this year, obviously you probably don't watch that many games, but is it just accustomed to, like, the guy's work ethic and, and all that kind of stuff? Like, what, what do you see from him this year just based off of the success that he's having? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's in a great spot, obviously. I know he loves San Diego, obviously, being from there and being at home. He's very comfortable. It's a beautiful place to play. Um, he's got, you know, a great team surrounding him and, and, uh, you know, he's in a good spot with his body and, and he's healthy and, um, he's enjoying it. You know, he, he loves being there. He loves being a Padre pitching for his hometown team. And, you know, his, his, uh, I don't know how his usage rate is shaking out at this point in the year. I know early when we saw him or just after we saw him, you know, he was like heavy slider usage. And obviously in that no hitter, he threw like an incredible amount of off-speed pitches, like 70 sliders or something. Um, and it's nasty. I mean, it's real. It's a, it's an excellent pitch. And the, the metrics would tell you that. And his usage rates would also, you know, affirm that. So, um, you know, just him being able to be comfortable there and, and to uh, um, really come into his own as a starter you know, cause he really hadn't been starting his, his first real starting opportunities largely were with us, with the yeah. pirates. I mean, he was kind of came up with Houston and was a bullpen guy. And, and um, you know, we gave him really the bigger uh, platform to start in Pittsburgh. And then he's grown from that and learned from those opportunities and has really then taken it to another level here with, with San Diego. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He's the work. He works hard. He's a tremendous competitor. Um, a great teammate, just everything you want, you know, and uh, I'm happy that he's having the success that he's having. So, David, I wanted to bring this up because I met, I alluded to it earlier. You threw it, you, you were one pitch away from throwing an immaculate inning. So when you're, when you're carving like that, do you realize, <laughs> like, did you realize you were that close to it or you didn't really have a clue? Um, At that point I did. Yeah. By the, by the, <laughs> by the last one. Yeah. Really? So how yeah. pissed were you when you, when you when like that 10th, that ninth pitch goes and all that, how mad were you when that happened? Were you like, are you, sh- are you shitting me pretty much? Yeah, I, I was really trying to blow some doors right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was joking with uh, Stallings because uh, he called it, he called a splitter there. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta go, gotta go with the heater here. And uh <laughs> I, I really thought I was going to, you know, get a swing and miss and uh, finish it off. But uh, <laughs> you decided you want to foul tip it. So it's all right. Uh, <clears throat> quick, I mean, little, <laughs> quick little swear words in my glove. And then, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'll take And I wanted to talk about, I wanted to pump, uh, I wanted to pump Jordan's tires here for a second, because I talked about it with uh, Stephen Brault on the 100 anniversary episode. And we talk about this guy's preparation and you've had the opportunity to play with other bullpen catchers and all that kind of stuff. So this is the tire pumping section for Jordan, Jordan Comedina. How impressive is this guy's preparation he has before every single game, how dialed in he is. I heard he's reading the hitting charts. Like he's about to step in the batter's box or he's about to step on the bump. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, man, because I've heard stories of this guy just being absolutely dialed the fuck in every single time there's a game. Oh yeah. Every day. He's always dialed. It always like a good guy to talk to about, you know, um, 
always kind of sharing like scouting report stuff and just kind of having an open dialogue about like the hitters and more about to um, face them. And then also just kind of provides feedback, you know, each day about like how your stuff is and, Oh, Hey, like you're coming close a little bit a little, and you're not, you're flying open and just kind of like minor adjustments that nobody else really can see except the guy that catches you every single day. Um, and also uh, the thing that, that gets me is just <laughs> whenever we throw a ball in the dirt and the bullpen, um, uh, unreal, unreal blocks every <laughs> single time. That, that ball is just smothered every time. It, it, it never fails. Just That's incredible. Everybody would just be throwing nasty off-speed stuff right in the dirt, like perfect two-strike stuff. Just boom, perfectly blocked. <laughs> it's impressive. It really is. I mean, it's just – I alluded to, obviously. I mean, I talked about it with Musgrove. I talked about it with Brault. I mean, and Jordan, do you think there's an opportunity here, if that opportunity arose, like you could be – like a bench coach or something in the dugout or are you just content with being the bullpen guy like what or even a pitching coach like have you done like had any thought with that yeah I I have I in time I would love to um I, I would love to be a bullpen coach who also has kind of um the catchers be his full responsibility as well I think to me that would be like an ideal an ideal situation, like a dream, you know, scenario where you have, you know, you're in the bullpen and you're kind of the, you know, the leader of that group of guys. Um, and you are, you know, you're in your own little world out there. And, and so just kind of uh, running the bullpen and, and uh, having that relationship with the pitchers, which as a catcher, I really like having, you know, that relationship with the relievers and just being around them. It's, it's, it's fun. It's neat. And it's, you know, it's different every day. Um, and then also having the catchers be, be something that's, uh, on my plate as well and, uh, helping them uh, with their day-to-day stuff, um, keeping them ready to go and, and everything that goes along with that from a defensive standpoint, um, with the catcher. So I think in time, you know, that's my goal, you know, is to, is to get to somewhere where I can, can do that. Are you outlifting the pitchers? Be honest here. Like our guys seeing you in the <laughs> weight room and you're just like, and like, for instance, David, if you see Jordan in the weight room, are you kind of, are you like, I'll go in an hour? Like what's the, what's the thought <laughs> process here when you see Jordan in the weight room? Are you outlifting the pitchers, Jordan? Be honest here. Like, what are you putting up? Uh, He's well, rocking I'm the cutoff. To... <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. rocking the cutoff. I'm staying away. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't I try to get to in and control. out of there early in the day. I don't want to get in their way. All the, all the position players and pitchers, you know, start rolling in there. It's time for me to go. So. I try to get in there early and stay out of the way um, so I can get in what I need to get in. But, you know, uh, we'll do we'll, we'll see what we got. So, you know, we're just mixing some deadlifts. We get some, you know, we'll push some heavy weight on the on the dumbbell bench and the, and the dumbbell rows, you know, just um, nothing, nothing crazy. But in season, off season is a little different You're story. Trying, we'll try to get yeah. A heavier. yeah, we'll get after it a little <laughs> bit heavier in the off season. But in season. You know, just just enough to make sure you're feeling strong, you're feeling what you need to feel, you'd be all right. David, are you an in-season lifter, or you just don't even lift during the season? No, I still lift during the season. Kind of try and balance it with, you know, when I'm throwing and when I can, you know, when I can get after a little bit more and when I need to just kind of lay low for a little bit. True. I just I don't even think about that being a, like a, a pitcher in the pen. I mean, you really don't have that much of a clue when you're going, right? Like, so if you're firing a mm-hmm. massive leg day on, like, today – and you're like, I don't know if I'm going tonight or tomorrow. Like, have you had a, caught yourself in a situation where you lifted a pretty good amount the day before and you didn't think you were pitching and you came out of the pen? Uh, not so much the day before. I, I started lifting kind of after my outings just so, you know, the next day I could be as fresh as possible. Uh, kind of made that switch uh, a year and a half ago or so and just kind of learn how to figure out your body and be fresh for each day. And I was thinking about this, Jordan. You could be like the Jackie Moon of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, you could be you could be the bull, you could be the bullpen catcher, the the guy that deals with the catchers, the bullpen coach, and the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, you would be Jackie Moon. You might you might you might have yeah. to get that going, man. I mean, it, you're a jack of all trades, so it's impressive, man. So, who's lifting the most on the team? Like, who's the guy you're intimidating by, Jordan, when you see him in the in the weight room? Oh, I mean, Wilmer Defoe gets after it in the weight room <laughs> like you talk about cutoffs like he's wearing like skin tight like bodybuilder sweatpants <laughs> and like like a razor cut 
like the rock under armor tank top and it's just go time like you get wow. out of his way he's lifting all the weight all the time he's great and he, he loves it like loves lifting he, he's yeah when he's in there i'm i'm out because he's he's getting after it it just yeah it's just inc- i mean it's it's a power move to be yoked and also be nasty the game of baseball are you actually and david we gotta incorporate this because i'm a big smelling salt guy are you a smelling salt guy like please tell me you're a smelling salt guy because it'll make me i might have to order a jersey tonight I've dabbled with them from time to time. You know, nothing gets the juices flowing. So, you know, yeah, it's electric. <laughs> Wait, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, and you, like, I say this to all the guests, like, if you want to grow that social media brand, you want to get your name out there, somehow, some way, you finesse the Pittsburgh Pirates social media team to get a video of you ripping smelling salts and running onto the field to renegade. <laughs> I mean, play that video at my funeral. <laughs> the renegade, the smelling salts, it'll be electric. And going into the fans, going. it's going into fans too, Dave. I mean, have fans been coming at you guys ruthless this year? Cause they had a year off better chirps, better. I mean, better slamming. What about you? Have you, have you been getting chirped David a little bit at the opposing fields? Uh, nothing super crazy. Sometimes uh, you'll hear some good ones from time to time, but I mean, uh, other times it's like, come on, you, you had a year off and this is, your, this is your best heat you got. Come on. <laughs> and totally you, know what's, you know, what's crazy is Jordan's the type of guy, like, and I respect it. If a fan says something like a, like a, a chirp at you or like comes at you pretty hard, Jordan's the first guy to like turn around and absolutely put you in a body bag. I mean, Jordan, what have you had? a Have you had like a screaming match with a fan this year, or even in the recent years where you've had to like come at them? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say a screaming match, but definitely stuff where you you hear stuff and you just like you got to say something back to them. Like I'm not gonna let you get away with saying that to any of <laughs> to me or any of our guys. Like, come on, man. Um, this year probably the worst was San Francisco, just because they have the new um, the it's new right bullpens. They they never had bullpens there, right? They were just yeah. on the field and everybody sat in the dugout and you would just run down and warm up. Well, this year they built bullpens for the teams out in center field and they're just they're small they're okay but they're small and they're just kind of uh um nowhere i we can hear you okay and so they're um all on top of you and there's this whole fan of a section of like crazy younger fans that are out there and there's like a little nightclub there's like a dj playing music (laughs) and like a little bar and so like these people are just tuned up from first pitch on and right along the rail. I mean, they're chirping me cause I'm catching they're right next to me, like talking just all kind of stuff. And then the pitchers at the other end and they're not getting it as bad, but like during the game, you know, you're walking around or you're moving, they're just all over you yelling, you know, who knows what at you <laughs> trying to get a rise out of you. And it's like, come on, man. You know, it's, what do you, I don't know. You just what's the worst, chirp? What's the worst chirp you've heard? Or David, what's the worst chirp you've received? Or like the funny, or like this guy got my ass. Cause Amir Garrett told a story of a fan coming out of his hairline and he's like, all right, that was a good chirp. <laughs> like what's one that you guys have heard? Um, honestly, I, I go back to San Francisco. Cause my, my brother actually signed there when we were there Yeah, and he was at, he was at that game. And uh, I got a few chirps, but like, I was like about warming up. It was like, your brother's better <laughs> like, a, like a bunch of like just like random just like shit like that and i was like damn well all right man <laughs> just like a bunch of stuff along those lines i just kind of t- took a step back and just kind of cracked up so I thought it was pretty funny so when we were in san francisco i'm catching at the other end and it's cold in san francisco like pretty much any time of the year you go there it's cold especially at night we had just come from pittsburgh or no come Pittsburgh to Arizona and then there. So Arizona, it's like, you know, it's it. The games were inside and the roof was closed, but it's like literally like 110 degrees outside. Yeah. Right. I mean, it couldn't be any hotter. So then we go to San Francisco and at night it's like 60, maybe, you know, upper 50s, 60, it's cold, you know, and it's the middle of summer. So I, we got long sleeves on and I had my little, I got like a quarterback hand, muff that i'll just <laughs> no shame like i'm cold so i'm gonna put my hands in it my hands i, I you know i'm catching i want my hands to be warm like if I'm, my hands are warm i'm warm so i have this hand muff and so when i'm catching i like flip it around the back right so it's sitting there and i'm catching and these guys are just hammering beers they're like comedina you look like peyton manning in denver and they start yelling like omaha omaha <laughs> and it's like it's not that cold man 
I, I had to laugh at that one. I'm like, well, you live here. Like, it is, it's not warm. Like, it is cold, but that's a pretty good shirt. That's, that's a good, good shirt. Those are ones you got to be like, all right, I'll throw this guy a ball because this guy came prepared. It's the ones where it's like, you soccer. Dude, and I was actually at the Jays game. Uh, by the way, I'm, it fires me up to see live baseball again. I haven't seen it in three years. I was at the Jays game like two weeks ago, and a fan was just screaming at um, Ben Attendee and left, just screaming his name. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he's a grown man. Like, it's grown men screaming at Andrew Benintendi. Like, you suck. And I'm like, he has a World Series. You're sitting like 30 rows up at the Rogers Center. Like, it's just crazy to me that the audacity these guys have. And you know what's crazy is Benintendi probably post game will like walk past him on the street, won't say a thing. Won't say yeah. a literal thing. It's like the social media guys. It's yeah. the guys that come at you on social media. It's the exact same thing. But this second last thing I wanted to bring up here is looking at this year, obviously there's a massive race, especially in the West and all those divisions in the National League and American League. Who would you guys say is like one team where you could see, wouldn't be shocked if they won the World Series this year? Uh, I mean, the obviously the Giants have a very good record. Um, best record in baseball, I think, from, from the National League, at least from who we've played. I really think Milwaukee, I think might be one of the best teams in the national league. I know the Dodgers have a lot of name recognition and yeah. Um, but you look at Woodruff and Burns and some of, you know, the starting pitching that Milwaukee has, they have an established closer in Hader and they've got a lot of ways to beat you offensively. They're, they're just, they're a good defensive team. Um, and, you know, we've seen them a lot, obviously this year playing them 19 times in the division. I think they're really good, like sneaky that, that you're not going to hear a lot about nationally, yeah. but like you get Woodruff and Burns where those guys can pitch, you know, multiple times in a seven game series. Good luck. Like, you know, it, it, we'll see. They're, those two guys are as good as anybody in the game um, that you're going to see. And to have to deal with them multiple times in a, in a, in a series like that, it's going to be hard uh, for anybody that faces them. So. Yeah. True. What about you, David? I mean, you you got the opportunity to face a lot of these National League teams and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are in L.A. tonight. I mean, what who, would you say like who would you say is your front runner for the like the, the NL division or even the championship? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the, the NL West is just they just beat up on each they just beat up on each other all the time. And it's, it's unreal. I mean, I had a <clears throat> I, you know, playing in San Diego, seeing what they have, you know, and <laughs> the arms they have, the bats they have, it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, and then, but also like Jordan said, just uh, the arms in arms in Milwaukee are, are no joke uh, with their uh, what three headed monster, whatever they call it. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. So it, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch. See how everything shakes out. And this is just how my brain works, by the way. It's completely off topic. I came up with the t-shirt idea for Bednar here. It's going to be called Bednar. <laughs> Ma- it's going to be Bednar mattresses, putting people to sleep since I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming what year, what, what year were you born? 94. Bednar mattresses, putting people to sleep since 94. And then it's going to be you walking off the mound case strut. I got it. That's the t-shirt idea right there. Bednar mattresses. It just That's my dumb brain going to work. That's the creator in me. Bednar mattresses. I'm going to do that. And Jordan can attest to this. When I have a guy on this show that I'm boys with, I will tweet every single good thing you did. If you put your shoe on properly, I will tweet it from the officially unofficial podcast account. So, and that's just what we do here. But this is the last thing I want to bring up. You're both Steelers guys. And I got two things for Jordan here. Let's get a prediction on the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I'm going to clip it if it happens. I might even bet on it because I'm riding with my guys here. What is your prediction on the Steelers this year? What the the the, to, the win total, all that stuff? Wow. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I've seen some pretty outlandish, underwhelming expectations for the Steelers <laughs> from national beat writers this year, which to me are just crazy. Like they're they're just they're just begging for the Steelers to to underachieve. Do they not know that they haven't had a losing season in like 25 years and, yep. and, and went eight and eight a couple years ago with Devlin Hodges playing quarterback, <laughs> no disrespect to him, but like, yeah, no, on, I know. you know, you know, and so um, I, I could, and now on paper, the schedule is very hard. I think it's like the number one strength of schedule in the league against, I think uh, on paper, but the NFL teams are good that are, that are not supposed to be good teams are bad that are not supposed that are supposed to be good every year that happens. 
you're one or two injuries away from flipping everything around. I mean, to me, the Steelers are going to win the division, yep. whatever that's going to take. Now, the division's going to be very good. Cleveland's going to be, you know, formidable. Cincinnati will be better with Burroughs back. Baltimore's always good. Um, <laughs> but the Steelers are the cream of the crop. They're the, they're the premier franchise. The, the, the Steelers, history, baby. The, the history says that. So, I don't know. 10 and 6. Is it 17 games this year? 17. 17. 11 so 11, and, we'll 11, go 11 and 6. 11, 11 and 6. 11 and 6. Seems fair. Another workman-like type year. You know, they're going to finish the year strong. They'll be in the playoffs. We'll go from there. What about you, David? Are you in the same boat as him? Or are you are you 12 and 12 and uh, 5? What's going on? Like, what are you? I can, I can see him anywhere from that, you know, 11 and 6, 12 and 5. Uh, definitely one in division. Uh, I don't see them. I, I see them winning it. And then, uh, you know, making a good run in the playoffs. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and they get a good role. I, I see them putting together, you know, who knows how they start, but I, I see them towards the end of the year, you know, get everything going and get everything clicking and uh, roll rolling. And, I, and I'm a gambling guy. So in this, like the sports books have Vegas or uh, the Steelers win total, which is my opinion is crazy disrespectful at eight and a half. That's yeah, the win total. Joke. It's like, and, and it's plus money for it to be above eight and a half, which is crazy to me. Just based on the fact that they, they still have these good wide receivers. They still have the be- one of the best defenses in the NFL. It's crazy to me that that total is so low. So, you know, I might hammer it. But this is what I, what I wanted to bring up to you here, Jordan, because you're a Purdue guy. The Purdue win total is four and a half. And I think Purdue has three wins right off the rip. What are your thought process here on the football team, the Purdue football team, the wagon boilermakers? Yeah, well, um, for the sake of Coach Brom, who came in, hot in his first year for his sake they better win more than four games because this is like year four I think or at least for for him uh, as the head coach and it's time to start winning some games you know like they've they really kind of overachieved in year one and then have kind of really plateaued or underachieved to some degree uh in his in the last couple years so Year four, it's time to go. I mean, they, they better win more than four games. That's that's really all. I know the Big Ten's tough. You know, it is what it is, but you got to do. We got to win more than four games. I'm a Michigan guy, so I understand the pain you deal with just being a football fan for Purdue, even in the Big Ten, dealing with Ohio State. But I just wanted Wait. to talk about this though, because we're getting close to it, fellas, and I just wanted to maybe tap in how fired up or obviously we're baseball guys, but how fired up are you again to just wake up Saturday morning? You got college football on the TV Saturday morning. You got 5,000 games Saturday morning. And then Sunday <laughs> you wake up at 1130, 12 and you got the pregame show for the NFL. You got NFL Sunday on Fox. You got all that kind of stuff. It's giving me chills even talking about it. Like it really, I can't even describe the amount of excitement I have for the NFL season. Are you guys that dialed in on the NFL or are you just like Steelers guys? I'm way more of just a Steelers guy. Um, I basically my off season revolves around which which ones I'm gonna go to, which ones I'm just gonna go down and tailgate, and then uh, <laughs> you know, like whenever whenever football season's over, whenever Steelers are done playing, like my my weeks are just like all right, well, I'm not, like Sundays are just the, what do I have to look forward to, you know? It's like <laughs> like what, where am I gonna order pizza from? Like all right, yeah. just trying out new spots. It's just a, it's a big event, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to have some Steeler football back. Yeah, 100%. Same way. I'm much more of a Steelers guy than and a Steelers guy than a college football guy even. I mean, I'll watch – I usually watch the Alabama game in the afternoon. I'll watch Purdue if they're on um, and keep an eye on kind of what's happening with the college football. But the weekend is all about getting ready for the Steeler, Steeler game. That's it. So – my whole planning of the weekend revolves around what time kickoff is, getting ready for that. Same thing. Which games am I going to this fall? Um, you know, and just getting dialed in. No fantasy football, none of that, because I can't be getting stuck with, like, Cincinnati's defense. <laughs> you know, like, I, I hope they get 70 hung on them every week. Like, I can't be rooting for that. You know, it's the Steelers or nothing. And so I, it's all about them every weekend for me. 
Well, fellas, and I'll say this. I mean, like I said, I told this to Jordan. We have the two-for-one episode with the two guests. This is the most electric shit of all time. I mean, you got two blue-collared, hard-hot, steel-toe boots guys here hopping on the show. It was a pleasure, <laughs> fellas. Good and, me. David, and you, I'm telling you, David, I don't think you understand this. You take a piss the right way. It's getting tweeted from the officially unofficial <laughs> podcast. I mean, that I ride for my guys. Anyone comes at you. They're dead to me on Twitter. I will go right at them. But anyways, fellas, it was a pleasure to have you two on, Jordan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jordan, get that Canadian citizenship so we can go down yeah. to Marble. We can go to Marble in Toronto, have some drinks. Let's get it I figured it. out. No. But anyways, fellas, it. best of luck tonight against the Dodgers. And honestly, good luck with the Dodgers fans because they're, I'll say it, the worst people on the planet. <laughs> I, <laughs> they're the worst people on planet Earth. I, I hate Dodgers fans. I don't think I've ever had a Dodgers player on this show. So that's just fine to say. But anyways, fellas, it was a pleasure to have you both on. And Best of luck rest of the way, and uh, best of luck tonight. I uh, appreciate awesome. it. Thanks Thank for you. having me, Johnny. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.